Brought to you by the Game Reviews and the Unified Gamers Network. You're listening to Big Red Potion, the podcast that built this city. I'm your somewhat mysterious host, Joe D'Elia, TGR's Reviews Director. And I'm joined, as always, by the man who puts the tot into prototype, TGR's Editorials and Features Director, Sanan Kuba. Hey, brother. <laughs> hey, brother. How are you doing? <laughs> good. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm, I'm good. I like the Arrested Development reference. I didn't even notice that. You better. <laughs> <laughs> How's everything? Yeah, very good. Thank you. That's good. That's good. All right, let's get right to it. Our first guest this week is making his fourth Big Red Potion appearance, for those of you who really like numbers. He's a writer for GamerCrave.com and PC World, and is the pimp of sound, Jared Newman. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Joe? I've been pretty good, pretty good. Our second guest is the founder of GayGamer.com, where he and his fellow writers provide a unique spin on the latest gaming news and submit the best pictures to EA's Dante's Inferno contests. <laughs> making his Big Red Potion debut, let's welcome Flynn DeMarco to the show. How's it going, sir? Hello, good, good. And I should I should note it is GayGamer.net. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> .com is owned by some mysterious person out at who knows where, and they're just enjoying all of the people who accidentally go to their site. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's actually a good idea. Me and Sam, we should look into that for our site. <laughs> um, okay. So today we're going to talk about sexual orientation of game characters. Specifically, we'd like to examine same-sex relationships in video games, how prominent games of the past have handled them, and how gamers at large feel about playing as a character whose sexuality is different from their own. So to start, I'm going to throw you into the spotlight, Mr. Newman. How do you personally look at relationships between a player and his character? Do you take a role when you play, fall into that character's life and world, or do you kind of map your own thoughts and personality onto your in-game avatar? Uh, I tend to be the most boring video game personality in the world. I <laughs> map myself onto my game characters. It's it's really like unexperimental and, and unexpected. <laughs> um, but but I, I brought some research. I'm going to be that guy. Uh, and uh, there's a, a independent researcher, Thaddeus Griebel, who um, looked at The Sims and also found that players are are uh, pretty likely to enact their race and gender, and I think you could make the leap to sexuality as well. So you think that everyone kind of just puts themselves into whatever game they're playing, regardless I, I, of the situation? I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that I'm in the minority there. Okay, that's that's fair enough. Um, what about you, Flynn? Well, it's interesting. It, it varies for me. I, mm. I go back and forth. Like I just started... Um, Silent Hill uh, Shattered Memories right. yesterday, and there's a bit at the beginning where you're like talking to a psychiatrist, and he gives you this like personality question test thing, and um, you know the the temptation is to you, you know just put in whatever, but I did find myself answering the questions honestly just because I wanted to see how it would affect the game. Right. But um, I would also say that um. You know, I think we would all agree. Oftentimes, there's not a choice. There's not that kind of choice to right. uh, of how you want to play. But I'd say in general, I do um, map my own self into my character. Like I'm much more likely to play a good character than an evil character. I just can't. Uh, for some reason, I just can't. I don't know why. Right. It's pretty strange. Well, Silent Hill is actually a really interesting example because that game kind of maps everything to the answers of those questions. So basically, if you say, if you put your personality in that game and say everything honestly, it would kind of build the game around the horrors that kind of affect you, which is really interesting. Right, right. That's good. Um, okay, so now what about you? What do you kind of think between the relationship between a character and their avatar? Uh, I completely agree with Flynn. I think, you know, it, it depends on the game to a large extent. But um, I guess, you know, if you're talking about a clean slate with a character you create, I find it very hard to, to not map myself onto it in some way. Like, Flynn, I, I find it difficult to play evil characters. Um, I tend to choose qualities if I, if I can that suit me. Um, I think, like, it, it's... Mm. I, I would find it hard to believe that there's someone out there who can really purely roleplay a video game character, like, really just roleplay it. I think, in, to some extent, you have to map some of yourself onto onto your characters if you can. Well, like Flint just said that, you know, he usually plays uh, good characters because that's how what he wants to do. But I mean, there are a lot of people out there who do go into video games and do be, you know, play as these evil characters who are destroying everything in sight. I mean, do you think for, you know, in those cases specifically people are actually role playing and say, you know what, I want to be an evil bastard this time and do what that guy would do. Well, I think like just, you know, just because they're evil doesn't mean they can't map some some of themselves onto that character. I mean, if sure. you if you ignore the fact that they're going around murdering lots of people, which in fairness most games have you doing anyway, um, mm. you know, you can still put a bit of your, your own uh, characteristics and uh, personality traits into a character if you can. Right, right. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that. Yeah, for me, I'm kind of the same way. I, I tend to usually just map my own personal thoughts into my character, um, with actually a recent exception being Dragon Age. So uh, yeah. I, was, I was about to... <laughs> I, uh, yeah, in that game, it was weird because I played as a, a female elf in that one, and um, it was kind of hard to always choose what I wanted sometimes because most of the time I, I kind of wanted to play with the world and see exactly what each decision would do. And uh, and it was really... Uh, it definitely felt more like I was playing this role of this ancient warrior than uh, than being Joe in, in ancient Dragonland. But um, I actually want to ask you guys more specific examples. Uh, what... So Flynn, like, if you think of a particular game where you had a, uh, you know, character-to-character relationship in-game, uh, be it whether it's something that you decided to map your own personality onto or a role that you decided to take, which game in particular has kind of stood out to you as being strong in that regard? Uh, strong as, as in allowing you to put your own self into the character, you mean? Strong as if you kind of felt that the way that everything was handled was pretty well done, and it actually it meant something to you to have this relationship in the game, and you enjoyed that aspect of it. Hmm. Well, I would definitely say Dragon Age, although I haven't gotten quite to that uh, that place yet. <laughs> like, right. I haven't romanced <laughs> Zeverin yet. And actually, mm-hmm. a, a funny anecdote, a, a uh, straight friend of mine played the game and romanced Zeverin, and I actually had to, like, ask him for advice on how to <laughs> because I couldn't figure out how I could, just couldn't get to that place. Um, um, although I'm getting close. I'm almost there. I'm almost All right. Running. Keep it going. Um, but I think, um, to a degree, too, able to really, uh, I think, did a pretty good job in, you know, in its, you know, even though in its, in its admitted sort of randomness in that, in that field, I did find out, you know, it's like I, I married the I married the tattoo artist in town, and you know, it was a uh, it was cool. It was really interesting. I, en- I really enjoyed it. So. Oh wow. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I uh, my personal Dragon Age anecdote is that uh, I basically tried. I was a, as I said, a female elf. I tried to romance two peoples uh, during the game. There was the uh, Alistar, who was the um, basically the knight that follows you around the whole game and, and then there was the yeah. no well, and then there was female, that's right okay. yes and then there was the female witch that i was like you know what i'm gonna try that too and because my decisions were basically a flip-flop from the second i started the game to the second i finished it i was just going from crazy from good to evil good to evil both of them hated me before the end of the game and i ended up stri- striking out in both regards but uh kind of a depressing anecdote actually but um jared what about you is there a game in particular that you think that did it well or that you enjoyed the in-game relationship aspects of? Well, um, first I, I just want to say I feel like there are, you know, this might seem obvious, but there are two kinds, right? There's a game where there's the passive relationship that's kind of on rails, you know, sure. most most games, I would say, you know, that aren't role-playing games. And then there's the role-playing, you kind of develop a relationship. So uh, me being not really being uh, heavy into role-playing games, uh, Mass Effect sort of comes to mind because it was, you know, it was one of the games that got me into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think um, the Uncharted series, uh, simply because it is very, it is on rails and it's very movie-like, and um, I think the portrayal of the relationship, it's, uh, it seems a little bit more real than a lot of games are able to accomplish. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it isn't a big uh, choice that you make or anything like that, but uh, even Mass Effect was sort of, I felt like it was sort of an on-rails experience, uh, you know, it's very easy to to obtain uh, the relationship with the character that you want. So, sure. uh, so, I, so I, I think ultimately, I think Uncharted, if I had to think of a game that really uh, did a good job of, of uh, human relationships. Yeah. Right. Well, those games at least have you know less freedom to them so that they can kind of define that relationship in their very specific way, and they know that every player will experience it that exact same way, unlike something like Mass Effect or Fable, which obviously works out better. It's true, um, but there's room. There's room to you know. There's room to play around with, with sexuality in those uh, environments as well. Yeah, absolutely. It takes a specific company to put something together that actually works in that regard. But I mean, Naughty Dog has proven that they can. So now, what about you? This is the thing. This is uh, something you you hinted at, Joe. Like, I think with most role playing games, the setting is so far fetched and away from anything I can identify with that I actually find it. A little bit hard to to really identify with an avatar and say something like Oblivion or Dragon Age or or mm. Fallout Three. So I guess the best example that I can come that comes to mind at the moment is um, The Sims Two, 
Uh, hmm. I, I only say The Sims 2 because I haven't yet played The Sims 3. But uh, because I can, I, I can put myself and my friends in there and I can uh, sort of enact things out and just play around with it. And uh, it just, you know, it's the contemporary setting, it's, it's, which is so absent in most games. And uh, I don't know, at the same time, The Sims is, is a bit like a social experiment game. So hmm. it's it's not quite like I'm really enacting out stuff that <laughs> is actually going to happen. So uh, I don't know. It's I don't think there's been a, a maybe Half Life actually Half Life Two in some ways because I feel hmm. like I can really identify with the Gordon Freeman character, which is funny because there's so little known about him. <laughs> well, he does have a mustache, which uh, he's a scientist good. and he's a geek, so <laughs> that that works for me. Now, do you think if you could put like your face and your friends' faces into something like Dragon Age, would you be able to get into that more? Don't I? I don't think it's a visual thing. It's not a visual thing. No, it's more of an overall setting type of thing. Yeah, that's for okay. me anyway. That's fair. Okay. Um, so, question specifically to you, Flynn. Um, have you been kind of frustrated about how gay relationships have been handled in these types of games, especially considering how few games have actually offered the choice to have one? Well, sure. I mean, um, I, I guess I'm. I would say I was more bothered by the fact that the that the choice wasn't there than than actually the choices that I was given. If that makes any sense, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I I think by far probably you know of course Dragon Age has handled it the the most elegantly as far as you know actually sure. having a, a you know quote unquote sex scene which you know like in Fable Two as much as I enjoyed it you know that was just sort of a fade to black and. Right. get this, you know, but I thought it was pretty, I don't know, I mean, I thought it was pretty ballsy of Bioware to put, um, <laughs> to really put that out there. I was a little amazed um, that they did that. And, um, you know, especially after the all the hoo-ha over the the, the uh, sex scene in Mass Effect, you know, there was such a, right. a big, you know, like, why, did it, why was it a lesbian scene? There wasn't, a, you know, a, a, a male option, male-on-male mm-hmm. option and that sort of thing. And, you know, I think... Um, I think I would say that I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, I would, I'd be more annoyed by not having the choice than I am by having the choice and feeling that they didn't handle it properly. Like I feel like the right. choices so far have been handled pretty well, you know, like the right. bully thing and um, mm. in, and all of that. And, and then of course, you know, like The Sims and stuff is really just about your, you know, how you choose to handle it. And I would say probably The Sims were doing that long before anybody else was. Um, right. My real um, uh, I guess my, my annoyance or irritation when it comes to um, gay content in games is really about the handling of, of gay characters themselves, and really mm-hmm. less about um, about how they handle the re- the relationship portion of it. Right. So you feel that most gay characters in games are, say, more flamboyantly represented than they should be. Oh well, uh, well absolutely. There, there, we've yet. I would say up until. Um, we got, um, you know, until Gay Tony and the and, um, Grand Theft Auto, you know, the recent Grand Theft Auto add-on, um, we hadn't really had a sort of realized gay character that wasn't a, a flamboyant stereotype um, right. in in some way or another, or um, it was, you know, the the characters were used as as a uh, as the butt of a joke or as sure. a joke on the on the player character in some way um right and yeah i, I feel like the um the representations have been pretty crappy uh, by and large but they're you know they're getting better and and honestly in you know as much as i would like to see uh you know like a a gay character equivalent of like a nathan drake or something like that i i really enjoy having it be a choice like, really, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, or, you know, not so much, uh, or, you know, like, having it be a choice of whether you want to play the game one way or another and, or another way, I, I find. But that's just also my personal, uh, um, you know, likes and dislikes as far as games go. I love, you know, sort of sandbox games where you can kind of go in and do whatever you want. Um, those are the kinds of games I enjoy more than um, a very strict linear storyline type of game. Although that said, right. I thought Uncharted Two is like one of the best games out in a really long time. Oh, absolutely. I uh, 
Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that, I mean, the problem, at least here in the U.S., and I actually want to ask you about this, Anand, after this, but, um, I mean, the problem here so far has been that, you know, a lot of gay content in games have been instantly thrown into the media. I mean, the the bully thing, for example, a couple years ago uh, was very, I mean, that's the most innocent thing ever in the world. Yet, uh, I mean, it was on the news. It was in all over the press. It was made a big deal when it really shouldn't have been. And I think, I think the main arguing point for Jack Thompson in that case was that it was a teen-rated game, and that teens should not be exposed to this. Well, well, I mean, he's, I mean, I, I, mean I, I have to a little bit disagree with you in that, like, for for me personally, and for the people who read my website, it really was a big deal. Like, it was the first time we'd gotten any sort of a fair shake and something like that. Sure. And, um, you know, we were the ones who, like, posted the first video of it. And, right. Um, I guess to sort of, like, create the big deal in a way. <laughs> um, but um, I, I but I agree with you that I don't think it was – it shouldn't have been as big of a deal as – you know, like, we put up the, the video of the first two – or the first guy that he meets, you know, and, like, makes out with. Right. And within – I'd say within an hour, somebody had flagged it as inappropriate. Wow. Which is, to me, just absolutely absurd. Right, right. What I want to ask you, Sinem, was do you think that, you know, I mean, in the U.S., obviously, um, you know, any type of you know gay content in a game is instantly thrown into the media. But in the U.K., do you feel as if it's a bit more relaxed in that regard? If it is a bit more relaxed, it's not that much more relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, things like, the you know, uh, Bully and... Uh, uh, even to some extent now, just it's starting to emerge with uh, with gay Tony. There's been a uh, a bit of a well with with Billy in particular. There was a lot of reaction right. to it uh, over here, um, which is funny because the, the, I, 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 my memories might be wrong on this. I don't think the game came out at the same time over here as it did over in the US. Mm. Um, so, and it, this is one of the things actually I, I wrote about um, about gay Tony's character. And I totally agree. With, totally agree with you, Flynn. Like it was a it was a really Considering what they did with the, the the previous gay character in that series in that game, it was a really good step forward, and uh, I, I thought he was uh, he was very grounded and and very likable and a very good representation. Um, but uh, it, there, it's interesting that 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 hasn't seen much of a reaction really in in UK press. There isn't this sort of reversal where. Uh, there's any kind of positivity coming out of it, any any kind of positive praise for uh, video game handling a gay character maturely. So it's it's you know it's just how the how the press is. They pick on uh, what they want and uh, right. kind of ignore when there's anything positive to say. Right. Well, I'm actually also surprised that uh, the uh, surprise me button in Dragon Age hasn't caused any fervor. Which uh, for those who haven't played it, you can go to a brothel and push the surprise me button, and then you wake up the next morning to find an animal in your bed, which. It's very interesting, but uh, <laughs> I'm actually kind of shocked that that didn't didn't make the news. Well, you know what's interesting? Like when the bully thing happened, and we were just discussing this on the Gay Gamer podcast this past week. Um, when the bully thing happened, it made it to the press almost immediately. Right. Like, um, it was on interesting press. You know, it was on the news. It was on everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Now this Dragon Age thing, which, if in my opinion, is much more um, to the, I would say, to the average you know, heterosexual male game player, um, the Dragon Age bit is much more shocking than uh, the, you know, a simple makeout session in Bully, right. um, is that it took so long for the media to catch on to it. I mean, we, we posted the video of the, the gay love scene nearly a month ago. And it took about another two weeks before mainstream gay press caught on to it. And then, I guess last weekend, um, it made it to the New York Times, huh. um, which almost a month later. Um, and I don't know if that says something that, you know, maybe people have, like, relaxed a little bit since the whole bully thing. But um, I just find it interesting that something that was that much more shocking took that much longer to make it um, actually to the mainstream press. Um, I don't know if it, it, it was thing to do with the fact that, you know, with Bully, it was, you know, it's ostensibly kids, you know, teenagers, right. and, and that, you know, Dragon Age is an M-rated game as opposed to, you know, Bully, which was a, a T-rated game, but, um, but still, yeah, it made it to the press, like, tons of time faster than the Dragon Age thing. Well, I, I think the, that Bully, oh, sorry, go ahead. 
No, no, I was, I was just, I was going to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, but I, I, it's interesting that, like, you know, when we're talking about like acceptance of, of gay material and, you know, in games and how long it takes to get to the press and that sort of thing, it was interesting to me that, um, I, you know, the sort of some people are never satisfied type of thing where, uh, you know. <laughs> A lot of our, not a lot, but some of our readers were, like, upset that they couldn't romance Alistair and that they could only romance Severin and, like, why do we get stuck with the elf and not, like, the butch knight guy? And I was like, oh, guys, come on, you know? You'd be glad that it was there at all, first of all. And I don't, you know, I actually find the character of Zevran far more intriguing than, like, wimpy, drippy Alistair. He's such a... <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I mean, I, I just... I thought that was really interesting. And actually, one of the guys who... Um, you know, worked on the script for Dragon Age. Actually, came in and commented on on our on the site on the article where some people were complaining, and he was like, you know, he's like, look, we just made a world where just like in the real world, some people are romanceable, some people are not romanceable. Not everybody, <laughs> um, you know. I don't know why, but like. Uh, you know, I think it, it may be the uh, an equivalent to the the straight. You know, like where there's you know a certain s- sector of straight guys who think that like every girl on the planet is like hot for them. Well, there's like this certain sector of gay guys who think that like every guy is gay and like secretly gay, and, <laughs> which I think is just absolute rubbish and kind of absurd. But you know, it's just some. I just find it really interesting that it's like sometimes, you know, what they give you, some people just feel isn't enough. But I don't know, a bit of a tangent, but just wanted to get that in there. You know, Bully was already pretty pretty hot in terms of controversy, so I think that might have helped, uh, you know, bring bring the gay thing to the forefront. Um, but I do feel like the response between between Gay Tony and Dragon Age has been somewhat muted. Um, and, I, you know, I don't know why that is. I guess maybe, um, you know games have evolved to the point where it's not it's not such a surprise you know that's maybe i'm being optimistic but maybe it's kind of thing where it's not like oh my god like video games you know whereas you know that used to be the reaction for anything anytime a video game did something controversial Hmm. well to be fair i think the no russians controversy has been kind of muted also because despite in the mainstream, uh, to the gaming press it's been a big deal but i i've only seen like one or two things on the actual you know standard news about that mission which i mean if that had happened two three years ago i think it would have been on the front page of the daily news oh please please elaborate i'm not sure i I know what you're talking about the um no russian mission in uh call of duty modern warfare 2 ah which uh the you know the terrorism uh mission where you go in and kill a bunch of people in an airport they kind of did a thing on fox news about it but uh, it really hasn't been the big explosion that, say, the Mass Effect thing was a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree from, from my end, at least, because it's been a big deal in really? the UK. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been a very big oh, really? deal. It's been, on, uh, it's been covered on like morning talk shows for about a week. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether it, it, that, that, that does expose maybe the difference between American and UK culture, but it's, it, it certainly uh, has been covered. I think, I think one of the things, why, to go back to, say, why Gay Tony hasn't been maybe caught on to onto the mainstream press is because um, I think maybe uh, Rockstar, as as brave as they are most of the time, by including it in this retail disc and not really making much of the name, it, it kind of went a bit under the radar in, in a lot of respects. And I think a lot of people were surprised, you know, when I told them about the game and said, oh, there's this, this uh, the second DLC is called The Ballad of Gay Tony. They're like, what? Like, it's just not there on the box <laughs> at all. So, um, you know, I, I, I think at least from... from my own personal perspective, that may be one of the reasons why, why um, the Battle of Gate has kind of gone underneath the radar. So you think if that was Grand Theft Auto V, it would have been a bigger deal? If they, if they were putting a, bo- a retail box out there with the name in, big, in the big neon font that is <laughs> in the actual game, I think it would have been a huge deal over here. I see. Now, did you guys have, did you have the, the billboards over there? Not really, no. Um, any, 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 I was going to say, any advertising over here, it really just didn't, it downplayed the name uh, completely. It was just episodes of from Liberty City over here, really. Interesting. Well, because I, I mean, I, of course, you know, talked to them over at Rockstar about it before the game came out and, and sort of, because when I, when I actually played the game and saw the review, I was like, well, really the gayest thing about it is the title. You know, right, right. I mean, um, and I and you know, they said, well, we really just wanted to 
produce something and put it in the title and show people that it really isn't a big deal, that they can just be there and it doesn't have to be, you know, some, you know, like made to be some sort of big event or, or, you know, big shock to people. But, you know, here we have billboards, I mean, like gigantic billboards with, you know, the name on it and the characters and stuff like that. Um, so I, I know a lot of people were sort of shocked by that. But, of course, this is San Francisco, so, you know, the percentage of people shocked by something that says gay on it is very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I've seen billboards like that here in L.A. I'm trying to think. I can't recall seeing you know, anything of that magnitude. Yeah, I haven't seen anything in New York about it, so it must just be over there. Oh, I was going to say, it's, what's interesting is kind of going back to the whole Call of Duty uh, business, like, I'm, I have to say that... Call of Duty really dropped off my radar. I mean, I'm, I've never been a fan of the franchise anyway, just because I'm not into, uh, you know, like army war type games. Right. It's just like not my thing. But you know, they, um, you know, while we're on the subject of gay stuff, they had that big controversy um, over that viral video that they put out mm. um, advertising yeah. the game, where you know their thing was what was it fight against grenade spam yes. was that like the commercial brought to you by fight against grenade spam and it was so you know they claimed that they didn't make it and they didn't know about it and they didn't think about it and now it's come out that there's some other thing in the game now like there's a dialogue between two characters mm-hmm. have you heard about this now well he says um i guess the, the way it goes the way it goes down is one character asks the other character have you ever seen a grown man naked which if if, if you're old enough you realize that's a joke from airplane it's like right. a super old joke um, and then um, the other guy, and then the guy laughs, and then the guy says, so are you still gay? And then he's all like, oh, no, don't tell me, don't ask, don't tell, is like what he says. Now, a lot of people have decried this as like homophobic, and I don't know that I particularly seeing see it as homophobic. I do kind of see it as like, why did you need to include that? Right. What was what was your point? Were you making a point about don't ask, don't tell that it's wrong? Or were you making a point that it's correct? Or what are you saying here? It just seems like it was, um, if you're going to put something like that in, you should have a reason and there should be a point to it. Um, and not just sort of like randomly thrown out there because people are going to misinterpret it. And they did. At least in my opinion, they did. It's kind of a symptom of modern warfare too as a whole, right? It's like they wanted to have these messages like with no Russian and everything and it kind of just failed like, in, the, in terms of like trying to make you know great statements about uh, humanity. Just kind of botched it, and basically it's just a white knuckle action game. Well, right, but yet, but yet it's one of the best you know top selling games of all time, or something ridiculous, right? right? Like it hasn't hurt the yeah. sales at all. And, and time have decreed their game of the year, yes. saying that it, it's made uh, it, it made attempts to make very intelligent commentary about modern conflicts. They passed me by. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Do you suffer from video game itis? This is a condition affecting thousands of gamers who sell their games for next to nothing and buy them for way too much. You are not alone. Help is out there. Gamers using PlaySwitch.com now experience the freedom to name their own prices when buying and selling their used games. They take advantage of online postage, listen to our video game podcast, and visit a game market where they can see all the buyers and sellers of the games they're interested in. Use the code IWAFG when you sign up for a free account, and we'll give you five free Switch bucks to get started. Don't wait. You don't need to suffer with used video game itis any longer. PlaySwitch.com the smarter way to play. All right, well, to get things back on to uh, the topic, what do you guys think that gamers at large kind of feel about playing as, as characters, the sexuality that's different from their own? I mean, obviously, uh, if any of you have played an online game recently, you know, there's a bit of homophobia going around there, people throwing names back and forth at each other, but when it's... A bit. Well, <laughs> I like to understand things sometimes, Flynn. But, um... <laughs> so when it comes to, like, a single-player experience, though, when it comes to something like Fable or Mass Effect, do you think people are a bit more open to jumping into that kind of role? Well, I think that there's a... Uh, honestly, I think that it's interesting. I think that there's a big difference between 
playing somebody whose uh, sexuality is the same as your own and then playing somebody whose sex is different than your own. Mm. Because I think it's been shown, actually, that, um, like, in, in games like World of Warcraft, that there there is a hugely high percentage of uh, people playing as the opposite sex right. um, for various and sundry reasons, <laughs> ranging from I like to look at a girl's butt in front of me while I'm playing to when I play as a girl and people don't know, they give me free stuff. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting distinction that, pe- that that's drawn, I think, there, because I think that a, a person or a guy might be more likely to play as a woman than he would be to play as a gay man. Well, I think there's a, there's a, uh, a reason to that, and that most video game uh, female characters, especially female leads, don't have any sexuality. There, there's no male romance, uh, 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 sorry, romance with a male character in most cases. You know, look at Lara Croft, look at uh, Faith, look at um, any real, of the, any of the sort of recent female leads, and they don't have any romance stories in, in their games. And I, I think that that's deliberate because developers are wary of <laughs> introducing that element <laughs> into into the character. But, but I mean, what do you? I mean, how do you guys do? You, what do you think? I mean, do you think that there is a distinction there? I mean, I do. I think there's definitely a distinction between people who will play as an opposite sex or people who will play as an opposite sexuality. I think there's a big difference there. There definitely is. But I, I, I uh, but what I wonder is, okay, so you're a guy and you play as a girl. Then, if you're given the opportunity to have a, a relationship, you know, do you do the same sex relationship or do you do the opposite sex relationship? I'd be really interested to know what is the tendency of, of players in those situations. Well, that happened to me in Dragon Age recently, and as I said, I kind of went with both, just because it's there was the, the the male character was kind of like the way I looked at it was that if this was a movie, he would have been the love interest for my character. It kind of made sense to go for him, right. just based on my character's mindset. Like it would have been the best way to go. Um, so I tried to get her with him, and that failed miserably. And then I also tried, there was a, a witch who was an evil character that I just said, you know, that might actually be interesting, so let me try that. And I failed also with that. Well, but I would I would think also, too, um, you know, just by your treating this, you know, subject in your podcast, you're already miles above, you know, in open-mindedness than your generic video game player. Sure. You know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, like my friend who did, you know, who I was saying that I got, like, you know, romance tips, <laughs> Dragon Age romance <laughs> tips from my straight friend, you know. He's already, you know, he's in the industry. So I think I think a lot of people who are involved in the industry are far more open-minded and want to explore the different, you know, the different things that you can do in a game uh, than your average, you know, Joe Blow game player, you know, sitting at home. Well, just well, that's why... That's why I think it'd be interesting, uh, you know, going back to what I was saying way earlier about, you know, video games where the relationship is kind of on rails and it's not a, it's not an open-ended, you choose your relationship. I mean, we've really seen a lot of games where the main character is, is gay and, uh, you know, players just uh, go through that. I don't, I don't really think so. I, no, and I don't, I honestly, to, to tell you the truth, I don't know that a, a game like that, at least at this point in time, would be very successful. You know, I did a, a bit of research on this, just completely on a, on a side thing by coincidence. And uh, in terms of uh, gay lead characters, it's very difficult to, to find any in video games. Um, I think you have to go far as... I'm just trying to bring it up in front of me, the name, because even I, I'm, I'm not familiar with this game. Uh, it is called uh, Phantasmagoria, A Puzzle of Flesh, in 1995. has a, uh, a In terms of a character, not straight by straight sexuality, a bisexual character. And then maybe you go to Fear Effect Two with the the two <laughs> the two girls from that, and then that's about probably about it in terms of lead characters with uh, not straight sexuality. Right, and and then again, you know, there you go. Bisexuals and lesbians are f- considered far safer territory than gay men. Right, right. Well, I mean, also yeah, if yeah. you think about it, like triple A blockbuster action movies. When's the last one that had a a gay lead character? Well, there aren't any. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. So it's not just games, even though, you know, I, I guess anything aimed at the at the certain, you know, 18, 24-year-old male target doesn't really ever have a, a gay lead made char- a male character. Yeah, but there was, a, there was a story that I 
that I wanted to read before I came on here. I didn't have a chance to read all of it. There was a summary on game politics, and it was Brenda Brathwaite saying, you know, video games haven't had their, their Brokeback Mountain moment yet. Um, so you could point to a movie and say, okay, there has been a game where, where, or a movie where that's been the case, but not for games yet. Right. And, and well, yeah, that's actually a really great article, um, that, that she wrote. There's just been a, um, you know, I think too that, um, it's, uh, I don't know, my, my sort of stance on it is that before something like that can happen, that the game industry as a whole needs to mature. And I don't mean just as in, in terms of, um, you know, like sexuality, but just period needs to mature. Um, I can't, um, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, games want so badly to be taken seriously as an entertainment medium, um, you know, right up on the level of, you know, like movies and TV. And yet, there's, you know, people who, a lot of people who are in the industry are still, um, you know, acting like teenage boys, for mm. lack of a better word, you know? Mm. I mean, when was the last time that you heard a of a movie director um, going on a wild tirade and posting on their blog about how all people who review movies are idiots because they didn't like his particular film or mm -hmm. his or her particular film that right. just came out. When was the last time you heard like a major movie director do that? Never, it, like never. But but this happens routinely in the game industry, right? You know, like uh, you know, somebody gets called out for something in their game and they blow up and they have a hissy fit and they write a long blog post or they Twitter about it or they post <laughs> it on their Facebook and they get all bent out of shape and. And, you know, it's like, come on, grow up. Just take it like a man and say, okay, well, there's people out there that don't like it, and I've been criticized, and maybe I need to look closer at my work rather than, you know, you know, pitching a fit and acting like a big baby. I don't know. I just think that, like, those are the kinds of things that have to be improved before, you know, before everything else can sort of follow suit. Yeah, just the overall mentality of, of uh, the industry. Uh, do you think that'll change as people like get you know game developers get older and everything? Hmm. Well, I I mean I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I I definitely think that um I don't know. Yes, I would I guess I just have to say yes I would hope so. But then again, you know there are some people who just refuse to grow up and refuse to step away from that sort of thinking. I mean if you go online and you're playing these games and you're talking about um. Uh, you know, like r racial or or sexual epithets being tossed back and forth. You know, they aren't. It's not always fourteen-year-old boys, like people like to say. Right. You know, a lot of times these are adults, right. the, even parents, who are acting like this. I mean, I've been out in in public and and witnessed adults acting worse than their children. And you look at them and you go, God, that poor kid, no wonder they're going to grow up messed up if they've got a parent who can't even behave like an adult in public. That's, you know, I think it's, um, you know, I, I would hope, I would certainly hope that that would be the case, that as, you know, people mature a little bit in age, that they would mature a little bit in their attitudes towards, um, you know, game making and, and stuff like that. But um, as much as I feel that um, that the um, sort of homophobia in the game industry is centered around the players and not so much the industry, although clearly with things like Modern Warfare, we do see that it is still instilled in the industry in, in many ways. Mm -hmm. I, I still think that, in general, most homophobia in the gaming industry comes from the players themselves, but I don't think... But I think that the maturity of the game industry has to start from within the industry and then hopefully then spread out to the players themselves. I mean, to, to bring, you know, bring things back, I mean, just to, to back you up, Flynn, like, the most shocking thing that's happened in the last, you know, two months regards uh, content of homosexuality in, in games has got to be in Infinity Ward's trailer. Yeah. With, uh, you know, that that is ridiculous and, and completely short-sighted. And uh, to me, like, nothing... <laughs> it's a big ask to expect developers to start implementing sexuality maturely into video games when they can't even do a trailer without offending uh, people and and it's just yeah i completely agree Flynn. well that's also the team that put the blunt trauma and joint ops tags for your uh, for your avatars in the multiplayer version of their game with a giant marijuana uh, 
thing flying high onto your profile. I mean, it's just, as Flynn was saying, it's a very, you know, considering they are the market leader and they should kind of be leading other similar developers in a certain direction, the direction they've chosen to go has kind of been disheartening in many ways. Well, I, I feel like, um, and I feel this way about TV and movies as well, is I feel like the game industry in a lot of ways talks down to their audience mm. um, in a way that's that's not necessary. You know, it's sort of like, um, like reality television to me is talking down to your audience. Mm. That's like lowest common denominator type of stuff. And what, you know, is it really necessary? Do we really need to talk down to people? Why not, you know, assume that people are a little bit more high-minded and try to offer them something that's maybe not quite so, you know, again, like I said, lowest common denominator. Get the most popular show in my area, at least in recent times, has been Jersey Shore, which is a reality show about <laughs> uh, about seven or eight Italian kids in a house that do nothing but basically bar hop and hit on girls and talk really, really, really dumb to each other. See, well, I mean, yeah, I mean that's the thing is like, but but I but I also feel like in a way that um, that uh, it, it's popular because that's because that's because that's what they're getting fed. Sure. I mean, look at a show yeah. like Arrested Development, which in my opinion was genius, mm. like really Agreed. smart, Agreed. really funny writing. Mm-hmm. It got you know booted off the air, and it, it won Emmys, and it was very critically popular. And, you know, and what did it make, you know, why did it get, you know, it got canceled because they felt like it didn't have an audience, and it also got canceled so that they could bring Family Guy back. Now, don't get me wrong, (laughs) I love Family Guy, but again, I mean, you know, 95% of the time, it's, you know, they're really shooting for that lowest common denominator, (laughs) like, you know, fart humor, you know, for lack of a better word. Um, So... You know, I but you know, bring sort of bringing things back to the game industry. I I, I just feel like, um, you know, if you're going to feed people, st- you know, lowest common denominator stuff like that, well, then that's what they're going to get used to, and that's what they're going to respond to. Um, uh, I personally, I would much rather play something that has you know a little bit more intelligent. Well, you know, it was like I was saying before. All right, you know. Modern Warfare 2, if you've got something to say about, um, you know, about something, then actually say something about it. If you've got something to say about, uh, you know, about Don't Ask, Don't Tell, whether it's positive or negative, just come right out and say it. Don't just skate around it or throw it in there and then try to act like you were trying to say something intelligent about it. I don't think it's totally fair, though, to... to, um, You know, slog on Modern Warfare 2 and say, you know, well, the industry as a whole is... Uh, you know, this is this is the industry as a whole. I mean, we know that, that Modern Warfare 2 is the con- lowest common denominator game, uh, but meanwhile, we're having this great conversation about Dragon Age, which is also, you know, turned out to be quite popular. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's... I, I don't think the lowest common denominator is ever going to go away. I mean, it's still around in TV and, and movies and everything, so that's just that's just what it is. That's business, you know? So I think it's it's more productive to sort of look at the the positive things that are happening and, and, and be happy and, and push for more of that. Oh, no, no. I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I absolutely do. And I think that there are, there are a lot of companies that are making big steps, but I, I, but I don't think that we can step away from, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who just said it, but, you know, Activision and, you know, the people who put together Modern Warfare are the leaders in the industry and they are people that people, you know, a company that people look to, um, to to be a leader, and they should take you know they should cop to that responsibility, in my opinion. I mean, I think Bioware um, does a great job. I think they've done right. um, I, I think they've done a terrific job. I think that um, there are a bunch you know I think there are a bunch of companies that done a good you know um, you know you know Peter Molyneux for all of his like you know all of his big talking. Still, you know, whatever you want to say about him, you know, his company has still, you know, been a leader in that kind of sort of positive uh, depiction of, you know, of gay people. But then, you know, I don't think it stops at gay, though. I think it goes much further than that. I mean, we we were sort of marveling the other day that um, Left for Dead 2 is the first time that we've ever seen a female person of color in a lead role. <laughs> ever. Right. And even then, she's part of a group, 
but still, we were just kind of amazed, like, wow, look at that, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and now we've got, uh, you know, we've got things turning around with, like, now we've got Disney coming out with the Princess and the Frog, which has got their very first, um, you know, female person of color princess, which is, like, a huge step forward. And mm-hmm. I don't know, I, 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 um, I think the I think the game industry's got a ways to go with just its depictions of you know racial characters you know sexual characters all all those things I think it's all sort of like in a big group. I mean that that's the thing like if I I was realizing that I was marveling to myself about Uncharted two and the way it handled it handled um, sex and with it between its characters and then kind of realizing you know what that's it's actually still less mature than how Indiana Jones handled it. Hmm. And it's, you know, that, that's kind of where I, for me, gaming is at. It's still got a long way to go before, it, you know, even considering like before, sorry, before it can even consider, you know, having uh, characters with the depth required to, to have uh, sexuality within them. Like they it can't, still can't even handle sex correctly for the most part. Well, what? I was playing 50 Cent Bulletproof this week. I was playing Blood <laughs> in the Sand. I was playing 50 Cent Blood in the Sand. And uh, it, like as I'm you know, blowing up my 50th rocket launcher, uh, you know, a helicopter with a rocket launcher, I kind of realized that that's how most games are now. They're just this silly, ridiculous, over-the-top, hey, look, stuff's everywhere, blow it up, that type of thing. And you know, it's kind of like, like you were saying, Stan, we're still not at the level that you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark was at as far as character relationship goes back in the, the late 70s, early 80s. And that kind of makes sense. I think we're video games, for the most part, are still trapped in that 1970s grindhouse, you know, blow everything up, get blood all over the walls, show what you can in, in, you know, on screen type of thing. And we haven't yet reached that point where, you know, everyone can kind of take these things that people have been doing and make a cohesive product that actually makes sense for more people, you know, than the the 16 or 17 year olds that many people think that games are for. Well, this is the thing I was saying about a contemporary setting. Like for me, I still haven't seen a, a video game where I feel totally comfortable with with sex being introduced to it because it just seems out of place half the time. Mm. I mean, I haven't yet played Dragon Age, I admit, and I, I still need to get to that scene in, in Mass Effect. But for me, like, I looked at something like Heavy Rain and that, for the first time, maybe, yeah, I think maybe the first game I've, I've played, I will play, it looks like sex is, hopefully, if they handle it right, going to have an appropriate role mm. in that game. And that's that's quite a bad statement for an industry that's supposedly meant to be, you know, making so many steps forward. Well, the problem is if you play the previous game, Indigo Prophecy, you'll know that in that game, the sex was handled very much like a late-night cable channel. <laughs> they, they basically they, – they actually have like the, the typical Cinemax sex music kick up in the background whenever something happens in that game. And it is incredibly cheesy yet also kind of hilarious while you're playing it. So I'm, I'm hoping that David Cage and company have matured a little bit over the last four years. I'll join you in pinning all of my hopes for the games industry on Heavy Rain. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see in about, what, four or five months now? Three months. Oh, wow. Okay, we're going to have to devote like two months of shows to that damn game. Whether it's good or bad, it doesn't really matter at this point. (laughs) I just hope it works when it comes out. Unexpressed how you feel about playing games like Uncharted and Half-Life and taking the role of a character like that. Uh, from your community at, at GayGamer.net, how do you think that uh, most of the people there have kind of kind of played those games? Do you think they mind the fact that you know, the main character is uh, sexuality different from their own and that they're jumping into a role? Or do you think that you know they all kind of hope that in Uncharted 3, Nathan makes it, some different decisions with his life and, and changes things? <laughs> um, I... Gosh, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm I'm in some in touch with the community, but most of the people that I'm in touch with, of course, are the um, the the uh, the writers, the other writers on the site, right. and you know, and I do hear, I do get a lot of emails and read a lot of comments and stuff on the site, and I guess um, what the the main thing is, and it sort of ties into something I was saying before about the whole Alistair's Everin thing, is mm. I don't think everybody wants every single character. Um, you know, in a game to be gay, and I don't even necessarily know that I want, like, I wouldn't say that in Uncharted 3 I want, like, you know, Nathan Drake to suddenly, you know, realize, oh, I've been gay this whole time. Like, that's not really <laughs> an issue to me. As a matter of fact, I love, you know, I love the whole, um, the play between those characters in Uncharted, I think, is just great. Like, really, one of the best done relationships between two people in a in a video game. I think right. it's, it's really, really well done. Um, but I think what... Um, 
what what most people want to see is uh, again like the ability to have the choice to play mm. um, another way, and I think that we, they would like to see a game or two featuring a gay lead character, you know, a gay Nathan Drake or a gay Kratos or you know, a gay Marcus <laughs> Phoenix type character. Like we'd love to see love to see something like that, and I mean that, uh, and. You know, and but of course, you know the sad reality is it probably wouldn't sell, you know, sell very well because I think um, in gay people in general are much more used to being forced into a heterosexual, uh, what am I, like heterosexual relationship, meaning like when they see it in a movie or when they experience it in a video game, because right. that's you know the quote unquote norm um and i think uh and i think that it that uh trying to overlay that then onto a, uh, a heterosexual crowd then being essentially forced into viewing or having to deal with a gay relationship in a game and having it not be a choice i think the reaction would be much different right right yeah i totally get that i i uh See, I can't even say like what it would be like if it was flipped around. Like if you know, if I was playing as in all these games that have you know these gay main characters, and what what I would think because I really, I mean, there's nothing even that I can look to as an example of that except Fear Effect Two, which I'm not even going to talk about at this point in time. I don't. I I, I read something interesting about uh, you know the lack of uh, gay player characters in, in video games, and I can't remember who wrote it. I'll try and find the article in the show notes about, but she she mentioned. Uh, you know that in reality, the difference between watching a, a gay main character in a, in a television show and a movie and playing as a, a as a gay character wouldn't actually psychologically, whatever. I, I'm not. I don't know what level she was speaking on, but it wouldn't really be all that much different because her theory was that we we do live vicariously through the main characters of things like television shows and uh, and films. But I, I just, you know, it's, it's a stigma, obviously, which is going to prevent it doing well commercially. Well, see, I, I think that I think that. Um, uh, it's interesting. I think that the reason, well, I think that the reason that it wouldn't necessarily work right now is because people, because, and this really goes all the way back to what we were talking to at the top of the show, is like, do you put your own personality into your character that you play, or do you play as somebody who's opposite of yourself? And I think that we all agreed that, in general, most people put at least some of themselves into the main character. And if you, if your main character is a gay male character and you do not have any choice in changing that well then there are some people probably more than some people out there who are going to see that as some kind of weird scary thing like oh god all of a sudden i have to identify with a gay character and oh my god all of a sudden they have some characteristics that are like me oh my god my entire <laughs> life is ruined you know i, I, right. I think there's going to be uh, there's definitely that element out there right right um I don't. I I think that you know the fact that everything concerning gay relationships tends to be bring up some type of uproar from certain communities in the U.S. at this point in time might prevent that stuff from happening anytime soon. But I would like to think that we can get there at some point. So then you said that you had you've seen some controversy on gay Tony and stuff in the U.K. Do you think the U.K. is more likely to get there first, considering the religious undertones that you know are problematic here in the U.S.? Uh, no, no, not that much okay. likely. <laughs> we, we still got a long way to go. Uh, I mean, you know, there are. I think it, in terms of in other media, it's it's kind of equal between America and, and the UK. We 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 are easing into the idea of uh, central gay characters in, in TV shows and, mm. and in movies, and uh, uh, it's it actually doesn't seem to cause that much concern over here. But at the same time, I think the the makers of television shows and movies are, are wary. So, um, but I think the other the other major problem is that when you look at say something like Brokeback Mountain, it it wasn't just that it had two gay characters in it you know sexuality was a big part of that film mm. that film was about them being two gay characters i just can't see a game plot which would be concerning uh, you know the sexuality of a character it's just you, you still have like i said you still haven't got a game which concerns the sexuality of a of a, of a heterosexual character right. like it, it's it's a huge step forward for the industry right and the fact that, as we pointed out a couple of weeks ago, the fact that Rockstar on the uh, the Ballad of Gay Tony episode from the Liberty City box made the words of the Ballad of Gay Tony the smallest things viewable <laughs> on that box says quite a bit. You need a magnifying um, glass to find it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is interesting, and actually, you know, when we talk about, um, you know, like gay material and representations of gay people, there was a movie that came out in 1995 
um, called The Celluloid Closet. I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, and if you haven't, I suggest that you do, um, just because it's a really terrific documentary about the representations of gay people from the very, very beginning of film all the way up until... 1995 when the movie was made and obviously there's been hmm. a lot of um you know uh, uh you know movement forward since then um but it's really really interesting and i feel in a lot of way really parallels the way that gay characters are represented in video games and um, this kind of goes back to what i was just saying a minute ago about you know why people might not be able to identify with a gay character now there's this great terrific quote from quentin crisp i don't know if you're familiar with quentin crisp um He's a very, very famous, uh, you know, gay man, older, had lots of great quotes. Well, his quote um, um, from this really, I think, applies to what I was just saying, and I have to read it because I absolutely love it. It says, mainstream people dislike homosexuality because they can't help concentrating on what homosexual men do to one another. And when you contemplate what people do, you think of yourself doing it, and they don't like that. That's mm -hmm. the famous joke. I don't like peas, and I'm glad I don't like them because if I liked them, I would eat them, and I hate them. <laughs> it's such a great quote and I think it I think it really applies here to you know as you know how people would react to uh, you know having being sort of like forced to play a gay lead character along the lines of an Ethan Drake or whatever in a video game so there you go there's my quote <laughs> I totally agree I've actually I mean some of the people I've talked to um, about you know characters in the past I've talked to them said you know oh this this game's coming out like Bayonetta where you play as like a female lead character I'm like oh I don't want to play as a chick um, and with that type of attitude I can't even imagine telling them hey there's this game where you play as this gay guy I I don't think the reaction would be that strong um, in that particular case so I think as you know we've all been kind of saying we all need to advance quite a bit before this becomes a, a tangible reality um so just to, to close up the show, I just want to ask you guys one more thing. Um, do you think the increasing frequency of optional sexuality in games is enough, or do you think the lack of explicitly gay characters is kind of a bad mark on the medium? I I mean, for my... I don't know if it's necessarily a bad mark as such. I mean, I do feel like, obviously, there needs to be some advance made in in the handling of it, but, you know, to a degree you have, you do, of course, I mean, you know, the bottom line is these companies are here to make money and they aren't, aren't going to put out a game that, um, you know, that people are going to by and large ignore, right? Although mm. it happens all the time. <laughs> um, uh, I won't mention any names, but yeah. Uh, so like I said, I don't necessarily know if it's so much a bad mark as it is, um, it just it needs to happen and it needs to advance, but it also has to go at the pace of what a player can handle. Right, and until then, we'll get fifteen modern day war shooters every year until someone finally takes a chance and makes something else. Um, what about you, Jared? What do you think? Well, I I also would say a bad mark, um, but kind of going back to what what we were saying before about you know lead characters, I think there's room. Uh, you see this happening with with minority uh, video game characters as well. There's a lot of room to introduce them as supporting characters, right. um, because then it's not so much like oh oh god this this game won't sell because its main character is gay or its main character is you know some some minority or whatever. So um, I think there's room to start with that, and I I I don't think that optional sexuality is enough because uh, like I said. To begin with, a lot of games are not role-playing games like that where you have those kind of options to form your character in any way. Right. So, no, it's not enough. There, I think there needs to be more uh, with the games where you don't have that kind of control and they're just introducing those characters uh, in the game. Right. I mean, I, I'd, I'd, I'd back Jared on that because I think the the problem with optional characters and, and a, a game with options is that the storytelling is always going to be less than of a game which is linear. I mean, you know, Bioware do such a fantastic job in, in, with with their games. Don't get me wrong, but uh, you, I, I would like to see, uh, you know, uh, just for me, like looking at the Battle of Gay Tony, I think that having that story told was very important. Uh, and and I just, I, I don't know. I need to play Dragon Age, admittedly, you know, <laughs> I, I, uh, before I comment on it. And maybe it did a fantastic job, but. Uh, you know, for me, I, I'd prefer to see more linear games with explicitly gay characters rather than pursuing down the route of of, uh, 
optional gay characters. Well, you know, I'm sorry. I guess I didn't really answer the question properly. But yeah, I would. I I guess you know, I I have to agree with you guys. I I don't think it's enough. I would like to see more. I just question the ability to do it without really um, sort of putting off a large portion of the um, you know of the game playing population at this point. Well, perhaps in the downloadable space, those games are a bit cheaper to make. You can maybe take a risk there without risking all that much. Um, hopefully someone actually just does it, and uh, we can work our way out from there. It would be great. <laughs> we shall see. something for everyone. From the serious analysis of Big Red Potion to the firm but well-informed GamerDork UK. GamerDork, 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 GamerDork. Find like-minded comment. Keep your hobby alive. Gaming bargains to help keep your hobby alive. There's one of the best and friendliest communities on the internet. And if you're one of us mature gamers, find like-minded comment. That's enough for today. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Um, so, Flynn, tell us a little bit about GayGamer.net. Uh, well, uh, GayGamer.net is a website we've been around for about um, three and a half, almost four years now. Um, and it started off as just sort of a way for some a, group of, a small group of friends to keep contact with each other, and it really sort of blossomed into... Um, a, you know, a news and forum space um, aimed largely at the LGBT community, but very much about being inclusive to everyone and making um, really more than anything, creating a safe space uh, for people to come to and really talk about um, whatever it was, that, whatever it is that they'd like to talk about that they might, you know, get, uh, you know, blasted for talking about on one of on a mainstream you know, news site or forums, which, you know, unfortunately are a hotbed of uh, <laughs> anti-gay feelings and, right. you know, and name-calling. Um, so really, I think if I had to describe it all in, in, you know, a few words, I would say, you know, a safe space for the LGBT community and anybody else who wants to come and, and talk about video games in a way that um, isn't focused on, you know, boobs, beer, and blowing things up. <laughs> well that is fantastic Sarah, and you have a podcast as well right i do um we do we try to do it weekly but it doesn't always work out that, like that but yeah usually we publish it um around on like on wednesdays and and it is on itunes you can go check it out there and um, i think we've got something like 44 podcasts up now um over the That's past great. couple of years yeah Awesome, sir. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it and really uh, appreciate that you handled this subject and, and uh, having me on to talk about it. We try, sir. We try. <laughs> Jared Newman, tell us about Gamer Crave. Uh, well, Sinan has written for us. So that's <laughs> right. um, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, it's, it's my baby. Uh, it's with a uh, publisher that I've worked with for a while. I got him to start a gaming site. Um, and uh, trying to sort of turn it into the kind of gaming site that I'd like to see. Uh, you know, we do we do the the list features that everybody does. We try to be a little smarter about it. We try to do some highbrow sort of pieces as well. And we're starting to do even some, uh, you know, some interviews that kind of thing. I actually had the opportunity to go down to uh, to visit some people from Capcom. Uh, and so yeah, I'm gonna have an interview with uh, with uh, some of the people behind Dark Void uh, coming up nice. soon. And yeah, things are ramping up. So. It's great. And that's GamerCrave.com, right? Yep. Okay. And I believe I have a piece going up there this week as well. So make sure <laughs> and Joe also, yeah, we got them all coming. <laughs> Absolutely. So check out GamerCrave.com. Um, all right, Sinan, you got anything? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Wow, keep it as simple this week. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, well, Sinan would actually like to promote BigRedPotion.com <laughs> because it's a fantastic site that uh, – Offers a lot of really cool stuff and uh, and the podcast that you're listening to right now. So let's do that. You assume a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Never mind. All right. Okay, very good. And I'd just like to throw a quick plug in for next week's show. We asked a bunch of uh, our friendly podcast to record a little bit of a segment uh, for us about what they think the most overrated game of the year is. And that will be going up sometime early next week. Right? Yeah, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's a good sign. It's always a good thing to go into a show with. Uh, other than that, guys, uh, thank you. Thank everyone for coming on the show. And thank you all for listening. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. 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 Bye. Bye.